Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever or whenever you happen to be listening to this. Thank you for listening to the So You're Getting Married podcast, where I offer my personal perspectives to brides and wives and to grooms and guys on things to consider before walking down the aisle, as well as some lessons that will endure before and after the wedding ceremony. I'm your host, Abuja-based event and wedding photographer, Tavishima Ayede. So, for today, I'm finally going to get into that episode that I promised. That's uh, the one that is going to be uh, the first in the first of the series of my commentaries on what love is. And the reason why I'm doing that is because I've noticed that um, on TV, you know, the movies, Netflix, DSTV, over on social media, we have lots of um, stories or pithy sayings about what love is, why love is, uh, and what love is basically, and what the whole point about um, what, well, basically, just all kinds of things about the nature of love. Um, ideas about which I don't necessarily agree with, even though some of them might have merit. So I figured that I might as well um, come up here once in a while and give my own uh, considered opinion about some of these things. Not because I think I can give a wholesome exposition of what love is, but um, I would like to just give my opinion on a case-by-case basis as these things um, arise. Um, why is that important? Well, it's important because, of course, this uh, show is a podcast about uh, marriage and relationships, and so it cuts straight to the heart of what it is that we are about um, over here. Now, the first one that I'm going to uh, discuss, I don't think I'm going to be able to finish it since I want to keep things to under 15 minutes, is something from a show called The Haunting of the Hill, and it's episode 10. Now, the reason why that came to my notice is because um, a good friend of mine uh, put it up, and then um, I saw it again in a couple of other places, and uh, so I figured, well, I might as well just start from there, since people within my own personal, uh, how will I say, my own personal space, or my own personal part of cyberspace are making references to it, so I might as well start there. Now, I'm not going to reduce the whole um, quote. I guess if you're interested, you can just uh, Google it and um, it'll come up. Again, it's Haunting of the Hill, episode 10. Um, I'm not much into series at the moment, so I can't really tell you guys what the Haunting of the Hill um, is about. And uh, forgive me because I'm actually engaging in very lazy intellectual practices because actually I should go and watch the whole episode and then listen to the whole thing in context. But yes, I admit I am being lazy. So I'm going to reproduce uh, some of what I think the key parts of the statement was. So in there, there was something about love being the relinquishment of logic. So there's this whole idea that when you're in love, uh, you know, sense goes out the window. Um, something else about love relinquishing reasonable patterns. So, of course, tied in with the logic thing. So, basically, when you're in love, you don't act um, reasonably. You know, you act a fool, as uh, our brothers in North America like to say. Then, um, the bit about love can only be fought or yielded to completely, and that there's no halfway point. Uh, so, basically, we are all uh, swept up in this huge torrent of love 
some of us choose to yield to it completely and to be illogical and unreasonable and some people fight that desire all their lives but basically we're all being swept along by the same uh by the same strong currents uh yeah then the token thing about love being necessary for human existence i think that's the one that chafes me the most well at least um when i listen to it in uh more gosh I can't say atheistic or humanistic, but there are those, you know, circles on the internet where people basically want to reduce um, love to the conjugal act, uh, to sex, and, um, you know, the whole uh, emotional process is around that. So that whole thing about being necessary for human existence. And then finally, of course, there's that one that we all know that love soothes us to the absolute reality. So that idea that life is really stark and harsh, and so we need a... Uh, a palliative and so that is nature's uh, way of uh, giving us a palliative so um, life is hard but if i come back home and patients and i gaze into each other's eyes lovingly for the rest of the night all our sorrows will pale away and uh, we'll be fine and we'll be soothed and ready to face uh, the next um, day so that's the first one that i'm going to look at and uh, with the number of issues that have been raised here I'm sure you agree with me that this is not something we can tackle in one episode. So the whole thing about love requiring us to relinquish logic, relinquish reasonable patterns, um, uh, what else? Uh, Necessary for human existence and uh, love as a soothe for absolute reality. Now, before I tackle some of them, I'd just like to make a comment. Okay, I think I'll just make that comment and then we'll call it quits on this episode. Then on future episodes, I can start um, looking uh, into these uh, other items line by line. Okay, so now, what is the definition of love? The big question. Now, there's one definition that I like, but is the least romantic definition that you're going to hear. What I think is the most useful one when we want to talk about love in an objective sense, whether we're talking to our significant other so whether i'm talking to patients or you happen to be talking to your husband to be this is one definition that helps in a very practical sense whether we're talking about love in school or in church or we are having a philosophical discussion or what have you whatever the forum so now it's an old definition something taken from antiquity i can't remember which greek philosopher is credited with this um i think they're closely tied to ideas from um, aristotle but they have also found their use in the christian uh, tradition as well um because uh, part of the um christian uh, tradition in looking at some of these things has found uh, worthwhile and valuable um ideas in ancient philosophy that um it's just good thinking basically and so we can roll with it so long as it doesn't contradict um, what has been revealed to the church and handed down um, through the apostles. So the definition of love is willing the good of the other for the other's sake. So love is me wanting what is good for patience. Uh, patience is my wife. That's if you happen to be a new listener. For old listeners, I'm sure you already get. So love is me, Tavishima, willing the good of patience but for patient's sake, or me willing the uh, the best for my son, let's call him K, and me willing that for K's sake, or me, Tavishima, 
willing the good of my mother, Benedicta, but for Benedicta's sake. And so that is what love is. Now, those of you who are Christians are already kind of familiar with this kind of thought because in lots of churches, especially in Pentecostal churches, you know, I hear pastors say um, there are three kinds of love. There's Elos, uh, there's Filial, there's uh, Agape. Yeah, Eros, Filial, and uh, Agape. Now, um, since this these are old Greek terms, you'll find elements of um, this thought uh, firmly rooted in those definitions. So let's take, for instance, um, Eros. Now, Eros is what lots of uh, pastors like to call the erotic love, and it has been limited to the sexual. But unfortunately, uh, that was not always the case. Eros was just when um, you willed the good of the other, but not for the other person's sake, but because of your own sake, but because of what it is you desire. Now, um, it just so happens that the easiest example that we have of this and that we see every single day, whether it's with us, our siblings, our parents, our uncles and our aunts, or in church or at the office, is when it is in the male-female sexual context. So in that case, uh, me, I, Tavishima, love my wife, patience, but for my own sake and how she makes me feel and what that does to me. So in the old uh, classical Greek sense, that would be Eros because I'm looking at her and it's mostly about my own good, not about her own good per se. Then um, there's the other element of uh, love being um, filial or fraternal, and that's where uh, pastors would like to say that um, this is about um, the egalitarian part of love. Uh, you know, all man. Um, you know, the egalitarian part of love. So, you know, love of brother um, and all that. But um, in that sense, what you're trying to do here is where you're willing the good of the other person, but what you're kind of considering is our sake, everybody's sake, you know, the common good, those kinds of uh, things. But the ultimate conception of love, at least for those of us who are from the Christian faith anyway, is precisely that old definition, where you will the good of the other for the other's sake. And that's where this whole idea in the Christian context about um, sacrificial love comes from and that is what in the christian context men are called to because the church says um that because the church uh, teaches uh from uh the time of paul up until now that the husband is supposed to stand in relation to his wife and the kids as christ did for the church so that sacrificial love is what it is that we are called uh to so bottom line is um in all the definitions of love you will find, you will see that there is a willing of the good. And that happens in all three cases. It's just that in some cases, uh, people will the good of the other person more for their own sake. So selfishly, I want patients to be all right and I want her to be healthy and uh, I want her to be happy because if she's happy and um, healthy and fit, then it means, um, you, you know, it means I'm going to enjoy the benefits. I'm going to have a, a good partner, um, good meals, uh, good conjugal relations, wink, wink. Um, 
what else so i mean basically uh that's it and then if you're looking at things from the more egalitarian side um willing the good of everyone else because of the common good but the bottom line is um love uh, the older definitions of love, the much more classical definitions of love, if you want to look at this from a very um, rational sense, have to do with willing someone's good for the other person's sake and have this uh, um, conception of um, the sacrificial element uh, behind it. And so that is what love um, that is what love basically is. So that is not to negate the fire and the passion that comes with it that makes you relinquish logic and relinquish reasonable patterns and uh, the part that uh, soothes us to our, um, you know, soothes us to the harsher realities of our daily life. So I'm not by any means negating that, but let's just remember that behind all these um, fluffy and romantic treatments of love that we see in the media, um, love is a big deal because that's, like I said, that's the reason why... Um, we're here. I'm a wedding photographer and that's what I do. I'm there to bear witness to and chronicle a very important day in the history of love of three families. The bride's family, the groom's family and their children that they're here to um, unite them in the bond um, of marriage. And then that's the reason why you're here, because you had a mom and a dad who love each other or who loved each other, in quotes, um, at some point. And so, um, yeah, let's remember as we talk about these things that it's a serious business and let's not get swept away with the uh, fluffy thought that comes along with these uh, things when you're looking at, um, you know, Twitter and Instagram, and Netflix, and movies, and comics, and uh, what have you. So yeah, let's uh, yeah let's wrap it up here. So what is love? Willing the good of the other for the other's sake. So thank you very much for listening. I'm your host, Abuja-based event and wedding photographer, Tavishima Ayede. I'll catch you guys at the next recording, where we will continue on this journey.